All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of Temple of Who Podcast, coming a little bit later in the week than usual because of football and other things going on. Um, Kings, what's going on, my guy? Man, chilling, chilling, man. <laughs> here, Jordan Latch, what's going on? Jordan Latch, Top Room Sports. Yes, here sir. Here again, what's going on, man? Man, just ready for another episode. Big one on deck after all these <laughs> trades, man. We got a lot to talk about. Man, man, uh, let's hop right into it. Obviously, the humongous trade, Kevin Durant to Phoenix. Yes, sir. And then T.J. Warden to Phoenix for Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks and a pick swap. And they get uh, Darius Baisley from Oklahoma City for Dario Sarge and draft consideration. Man, there were inklings that KD was weighing his options, and then boom. This happens. Let's uh man, let's unpack this. First of all, are you guys shocked that this happened so just matter of factly and quickly? Secondly, where does this put the Suns and you guys opinion kings? Get us going, baby. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it was gonna happen prior to the deadline. Uh my thought process was they were gonna drag it out try and get uh, as good of a record as possible before they ended up blowing the whole thing up. But, um, you know, them moving quickly, um, I mean, this it was it was kind of shocking in a little bit. But at the same time, the Suns were one of the teams we had as, uh, you know, people that would land KD and where KD wanted to play. So uh, it, it wasn't it, it, it wasn't too much of a surprise where he went to. Um, it was kind of funny because we had – done that KD last minute trade uh, joint with Bleacher Report. And a lot of people are like, oh, no way he's going to get traded. No way he's going to get traded. And then like a day later, he gets traded to the Suns, one of our top three teams. I, I got to give you flowers because remember I was like, nah, you're going to have to throw eight in the trade. And it did, and you didn't do it. And it happened. And, it, and he didn't even get traded. So yeah, shout out no, to you. <laughs> I, 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 my thought process was, you know, I mean, first I thought I thought they couldn't even throw him in the trade. And then, you know, some people and then people are correct and said that he could just not, you know, not with uh, I don't think it was with Ben Simmons on the roster because of the rookie deal. So my thought process was like, there's no way they're going to put him in the trade because of that, because of the stipulations to make it work. So it, for me, it was just hard for them to figure out how to find the cap fit. Um, you know, that was my thing. So that's why I thought CP3 was automatic. I felt like they were going to keep one of Cam or Mikhail just to have a wing defender and not put the toll on KD. But, you know, they decided to go in on having CP3 to be the ball handler. They gave up Cam and Mikhail and the four first rounders. And I think giving up both Cam and Mikhail is what literally was what uh, ultimately did uh, seal the deal for the Brooklyn Nets for them to accept that package right away. Otherwise, it probably would have got dragged out to the summer. But looking at the Phoenix right now, post-trade, I mean, I, when they made the trade, I had them as my Western Conference favorites. But it's kind of by default, though. Um, you know, I, I like the roster. I like KD. I like Book. I like what it does for CP3's role on the team. Um, I like the pressure it takes off Aiden offensively. However, um, you know, Aiden has had issues with, you know, sometimes with the motor or the aggressiveness, you know, being assertive in, inside. Um, obviously having KD to help him out inside. KD's a good help side defender as well as a good on-ball defender will be great. But uh, Ain's going to have to really anchor that interior uh, and go back to that 20, you know, 2021 run where they went to the finals against the Bucks. He's going to have to revert right back to that form and it's for them, for this team to go all the way. 
Uh, they're going to rely a lot on Book and KD to be good on both ends. I know Paul brought up, you know, what, what Western Conference teams are going to push that. Um, and I agree, you know, the Western Conference is, is shaky. You know, if you're playing the Mavericks, if you're playing the, uh, you know, the Nuggets, it's more of just outscoring the opposition as opposed to trying to play, having to play both ways because they're not going to stop you. Um, but when you play a team like the Golden State, when you play a team that I think matches well well with other people, if things match up well with the Clippers on paper, right, with their wing defenders and their length and their ability to go five out and make eight and play outside, even you, you know, even to a lesser extent, the Grizzlies, because they have a bunch of, you know, length and athleticism as well to put on the, uh, you know, on book on KD. And they have a great team system to get, you know, rim pressure with jaw, you know, have great shooters. Like they're going to, you know, challenge you, you know, attacking the paint and shooting from outside It is, I think those teams will challenge them to uh, play both ways, but how many of those teams will they even see in the playoff run? I mean, I don't know if they'll see the Clippers in the playoff run. I don't even know if Golden State will make the playoffs. You know what I mean? And Memphis <laughs> dealing with a whole bunch of Memphis deal with a whole bunch of BS that you know they're trying to keep under wraps from people finding out the, all the truth about. So it's like the way the Western Conference is shaking up. It's like you Phoenix on paper they have most of their core play together. They got drastically better. They got a, another superstar to to throw to that roster, and it's like you got it. I mean, you have to put them as a favorites, like just just by default, my opinion. Go ahead, Jordan. I think uh, one thing I wanted to touch on with that is I I absolutely agree as far as the Western Conference being down. I mean, biggest losers in the trade deadline, in my opinion, were were the Denver Nuggets, the Sacramento Kings. I mean, those are two teams that kind of sat pat, and everybody around them got better, right? So I absolutely agree with that. My biggest concern about the Suns, though, is, is DeAndre Ayton, because last playoff run, once they kind of, like, stopped going through him offensively, he kind of, like, gave up and, and stopped playing on defense, stopped crashing the boards as hard. I think that's the biggest key because he's going to have to be great defensively because this team lacks wing defenders now. So he's going to have to clean shit up. Sorry, he's going to have to clean stuff up at the rim, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very imperative that he buys into that role. He's not – and he's going to catch a lot of lobs. He's going to get a lot of easy looks because of the attention on KD and, and Book, right? So he's going to have to buy into that role like, yo, you're not – Offense isn't going to be run through you at any point in any game, dude. Like, you just need to go out there, protect the rim, grab rebounds, catch lobs. Let's do this, right? I am concerned, though, about the Suns' depth. They very much lack depth outside of, you know, their core starting lineup. Now, obviously, they'll be big in the buy-in market. I definitely expect, like, Stanley Johnson to be interested in them. Um, Who else? Uh, Terrence Ross. They got, you know, I think that these are going to be guys that they're going to have to rely on, but there's also a reason why they're in the buyout market. You know, you can't really rely on these guys to, to be productive night in and night out. So there's a, you know, that's a thing, but I absolutely agree. Western conference at this point with what they have, you know, healthy, they're definitely the favorites in my opinion. They went from 1600 plus 1600, 16 to one to four to one overnight when they got KD. I mean, that tells you the market things too. So It'll be interesting to see how things play out, um, you know, come playoff time because Kings made up a great point. Like, what if they do miss the biggest uh, – they dodge the biggest threats to them in the Clippers, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, you know? They could yeah, easily yeah. – I mean, it's, it's – I think from four through 11 is like three games. 
Yeah. So it, this is a lot to be decided before we even know can even gauge who's going to be right. where. Um, Jordan, I agree with Denver maybe lose, but I think Sacramento is a year too early. So they're just kind of enjoying this ride as far as being a loser. It's just like whatever we we're expecting. I mean, they were, but they were in first place in the Pacific, and like right. every in their division got better. <laughs> I know, but I just think I just throw a team, a team like that. I don't think you know, it's Sacramento Kings haven't been in the playoffs in forever. They're, this they're, is they're this they're happy to be there. Ride. Denver, I don't know. I think Denver is probably okay from a depth standpoint. I mean, they added uh, Reggie Jackson, got rid of Bones, who didn't really fit. So I think they upgraded as far as having a veteran presence there. I think actually Bones with the Clippers fits better than Reggie Jackson does because Bones is a little more explosive on the ball, a little more has more wiggle, and the Clippers definitely need a, a rim pressure guy. So I think both teams are upgraded. Um, but yeah, I agree with that with that point. But as far as Phoenix, yeah, it's hard to just deny the top end talent. There are definitely some depth questions you guys both brought up, but the top end talent, man, that that's as good as it gets in in, in the NBA. Um, I, I do. I'm interested in how they are going to defend quick, quick twitch guys. Uh, that's going to be Chris Paul's job. I don't. I I don't know how that's going to work. Also, the interior defense. If Aiden's going to be locked in every night, that's the big key. He was. We saw him do it one year in a playoff run. He didn't have the same energy to follow him playoff run. But you know, off the bench, I think Damian Lee leads the NBA in three point percentage, or or is very close to it. So they do have a knockdown shooter around that available. Uh, Baisley can play. T.J. Warren is always hurt, but if he they he can get healthy just for the playoffs, he's a help. So they're going to have bodies. I think it's just who's going to be that fifth guy they rotate and kind of stagger amongst those guys. I think that'll be the key. But, yeah, we'll see what happens in the buyout market. But, man, just. I also think in the, the same sense of the Western Conference, like how Denver got worse, I think that KD and Kyrie leaving the Nets also – opened it a lot up for the Bucks and the Celtics because aside from those two, like the Nets were like the only team that I thought could like really contain. Like I don't buy the Sixers as a contender, dude, until they prove it to me. Um, you know, year in and year out, they just choke in the playoffs. So I'm not I'm not ready to throw them in there. But now the the Bucks and the Celtics only have each other really to worry about. Yeah, I think I think if Cleveland adds a wing, Cleveland's there, but I don't know about this year, but if Cleveland adds a wing in the offseason. I think Cleveland gets their level, but I'm, I'm not quite there yet. Um, yeah, man, it's just this. I was just shocked how this happened. So I, I was in the middle of the night, and I was like, or I forgot what time it was. I was like, I got the 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 whoa, the ESPN alert nearing a deal to acquire Kevin Durant. I was like, wow. So there was rumors that KD was willing to stay if they went and got Siakam too. Do you think that they actually tried? Well, according to uh, what 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 Bansky put out there on the on that that show he has with with Shams was they didn't get a star back for Kyrie, so he KD was essentially out. He wanted a star back if they were going to deal Kyrie, and because that didn't happen, that that kind of shifted his decision making as far as you know getting it done this season, going back to adding the trade request. So that was how how Bansky reported it, and you know. That is probably the best Kevin Durant source, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting from the Nets end. We're going to have uh, Paul on the next the next segment. We'll be interested. He kind of, he kind of, you know, uh, leaked a bit that there are some offers on the table that the Nets passed up. I don't know how enticing they would have been to keep KD, but, you know, right. they had. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm saying everybody. I, I I think everybody reported that KD just wanted the Suns and the and the Nets dealt with him in good faith. I feel like it was just very not weird, but it was obvious based on relationships. You know, Joe Joe's size whole thing with Kyrie was he's not going to the Lakers. I don't care what happens, but I think they had a good relationship with KD. So yeah. I think they worked it so where he can go to you know where he wanted to be. It was kind of weird how they dealt with the different players as far as, you know, how that went. But on the back end of this, I think we all agree Phoenix is vaulted to the, you know, first tier of contenders. On the back end of this, where does that Brooklyn Nets era, you know, go in basketball history? Like, that's got to be the biggest – is that the biggest flop as far as a super team in NBA history? I mean – Give 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 the Clippers a few years and we'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean that that I thought it was close, but man, no, no, I, I was gonna say the 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 Clippers at least have won more than one series. That's true. And, and, the Clippers, they won they 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 won one series with that group, bro. And the Clippers went to a conference final. Right. Many, <laughs> many, many would have had them winning the chip had they not lost their best player. So they, they they won one series with that group between injury, unavailability, you know, all that going. They won one series with that trio, which is, man, just, just very wild to think about. That's going to be crazy how that group's going to be talked about, you know, as, as, as history, you know, continues on. It just goes to show you, man. Sometimes you just can't buy titles. Man, this, I was reading. I was actually an article came out. So I forgot who wrote it. They was like, thought about is this going to shy teams away from doing the big three or going star hunting? They were like, nope. But they said the ticket sales and revenue alone are are worth it, and the merch sales alone are worth it. So these teams aren't going to be so like the amount of money Brooklyn made still oh, in yeah. that in that in that era was like teams are going to do that every time if, if they get a chance to. So. so I saw someone on Twitter. They were like, man, I just bought a KD and Kyrie jersey last month. <laughs> All right, man. Let's... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's um, let's go to L.A. Lakers, big, big roster flip. Um, big trade, Carter D'Angelo Russell for 2024 first-round pick. Also get Vanderbilt and Mike Beasley in exchange for Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, Russell Westbrook, and future draft consideration. Uh, they get Devon Reed and a second-round pick from Denver for Thomas Bryant. And then Mo Bamba in a 14 chain where they get off of uh, Patrick Beverly. Uh, roster looks completely different. I want to explore this from several angles. First of all, Kings, I know you've always been a big Vando guy. Um, uh, just where, where are your thoughts about the trade in general and just, you know, how it all came together and what, what, what this means for the Lakers going forward? Very good depth acquired, uh, mainly for next year. Um, it's just yeah, way same, same, same. Yeah, and I, AD is just not good enough this year. It's not happening. You know, he's just not <laughs> not good enough this year. 
Um, for me, if he really needs surgery, I, I, they just need to have that like as soon as possible. It, it just for me just does no good. I mean, I get what they're trying to do because it's the money, but and that's sad. But they really need to just sh- shut him down and and rest him if he's really not ready to go because this is just not good. What, what what we're looking at right now, as far as the trades though, I mean Vando, you know, you see it, literal um, literal utility guy, guy who can guard multiple positions, uh, great help side defender. I see a lot of people talking about slotting him into the starting role with a <laughs> bro. And like I keep this this is the thing that kills me when you just look at grades. Um, they looked at his you know, his perimeter defender assignment. And mind you, they're citing the ones from Minnesota. Anybody who watched Minnesota during that run knows that our go-to point of attack defenders were Patrick Beverly, Anthony Edwards, and Jaden McDaniels. Right. Bando was great in this help side rover role and switching on guys. That's why he was so good from a defender when we switched, because we switched a lot in Minnesota. So when we switched, right, he was doing excellent job taking up his matchups on the switch, guarding guys at the point of attack off the switch and making sure he stayed in front being athletic. You see it a lot in Utah as well, but there's problems with starting Bando because he's not, he can't really shoot offensively at all. So it, it, it it's a conundrum, right? And that's why in Minnesota, it was hard to play him come playoff time in extended minutes, right? Because it's like when it's, when it gets time to get crunched down and got players and people are guarding you, you know, they're just not gonna guard him at all. Right. They're gonna keep him shooting those shots, right? So it's it's hard to in a world to see a world where he should start with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. That's that <laughs> just that just sounds like absurd to me, honestly. Like it's just really absurd. And it's, I just think it's people just not actually paying attention to how he was used successfully in Minnesota. Um, in regards to Malik Beasley, D'Lo Beasley, obviously is playing simple source space. So he should play every single minute with LeBron James. Like that should just be a no brainer. <laughs> this is what you, this is what you got him for free up the space for LeBron James, give LeBron James a reliable shooter to pass it through, pass it to, and to run offense with, right. You know how LeBron James likes to do, bring the shooter to his side free up the lane and the defender commit, he gets in the, the ball, easy three. That's no-brainer. D'Lo. <laughs> <laughs> look, man, I, I look, I, I really just you know people, they see the attributes. They see the shooting numbers. But look, I know you guys didn't watch the Timberwolves, bro. I know a lot of y'all did not watch the Minnesota Timberwolves. Look, D'Lo, he can win some games, but he can also lose you a lot of them. Yep. And he can also make a lot of bad decisions. I mean, people are like, why would you give a D'Lo for Mike Conley? If you just watched our, <laughs> how we played the Mavericks last game and how Rudy looked, that's why we gave him up for Mike Conley. Like, you're wondering why AD still can't get the rock and why people are saying, oh, does he need Russell Westbrook to score? Well, because D'Lo's not a real point guard. That's why. <laughs> and that's why I said Mike I, I, for the Lakers because he would have got 80 that I I did see a split where they showed Anthony Davis's per 36 with Westbrook on and off the court and it was very like there was a difference in production I just say that and, and, and it man you could see you could see why on AD's end he pushed for Westbrook <laughs> he you could see why 
And you can see why I was telling people Mike Conley would have been pretty good because not only can right. he shoot, he's actually a real point guard. Right. You know, that's right. why we gave up D'Lo. So D'Lo, the, 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 I'll give you to D'Lo. He, he's, he's a good player to score. And I think the Lakers do need a third scorer as well as a shooter. So I think he he has attributes that can work. But, man, he got to get – it has to be in a good scheme. He got to get coached up. But I, I, I do like the fit, though. I do like the fit. Yeah, man, I mean, what, what I saw from D'Angelo Russell, I'm like never – even when he was a Laker, I wasn't a super big, a super big fan. But, but you know, what the, my what I'm seeing just on paper is the, the secondary playmaking off of LeBron. I think that's he's he's shown as a secondary playmaker to be more effective than being a primary initiator. I think I think that's where the the best fit is going to be for him. So I'm I'm looking forward to that issue. However, is LeBron has not played with that new group yet. Yeah, Uh, went to Golden State, beat Golden State, and then just complete no show at Portland. Got ran off the court. Dame thirty in the first half. Very rough uh, defensively. Um. So we should leave the the the. Let's go where you were talking about Kings as far as these rotations. Who would your starting lineup be? I I told you mine. I, I put it out there. I I would go, um, LeBron, uh, AD, Rui, Bron, Reeves, and 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 D'Lo, and then Dennis and um Vando be the first one off, subbing for guys. And then, you know, you got Beasley and um, Mo as your eighth and ninth man or when you depend on the matchup or who's being more productive. And that's kind of your nine-man rotation. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? And just say, what is your rotation? If Once everybody gets settled. I honestly think the best rotation, you know, I honestly think the best, at least to start the game, you know, Bamba doesn't have to play like starter minutes, like it could be a JaVale role. Right, yeah. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? 15 and 20, but a much better one because you can shoot. I honestly think it should be Bamba, AD, Ron, uh, Bleasley, and D'Lo. And I think the defense should be – look, I, I, the Lakers just aren't good enough at the point of attack, in my opinion, to where you can say let's throw – and, like, they don't have enough shooting for you to put Vando in the starting lineup. Like, yeah. We had Carl Anthony Towns. We had, you know, Beverly was shooting well with us. We had D'Lo. We had Cat Ant, who was shooting, who was getting up and shooting. But playing Jaden and and Vandal together, as great as that was defensively, was still a problem offensively. So if you, the fact, if you look at the fact that you have AD, who's not spacing in any capacity, and LeBron, whose shot is broke this year, like playing him with Vandal is just not – smart like in any capacity it's really just not smart in any capacity so what's the only way to open up your offense while giving you some semblance of of defense that can get you stops rim protection you got mo bamba for a reason he can shoot and rim protect literally a, a solidified three-point shooter at this point in his career young kind of mobile maybe you can coach him up into a a, a mobile type of big to where he can also give you switch capability and give you more fluid movement on the drops. So you're not just, you know, being stationary and lazy on drop. You can drop, show high, show low and and, and move. And, then, you know, 80s obviously has worse lateral foot speed now. But I wonder how much of it is that he really like banging really makes him not commit to roaming as good or being as fluid on the perimeter. I, I wonder how much of the banging in the as a five 
like no like unmotivates him from using the motor on the perimeter like i wonder if you were to give him put him at the four would he be able to invest his energy and invest his movements to fully committing at the at the rover and at the you know the crimp on the perimeter aspect right and not having to worry <laughs> about as an anchor and you know so that's why i i really intrigued by just going but those two you get maximum floor spacing you get maximum rim protection and you have length you know what i mean because beasley D'Lo, six four six five Braun, six nine bamba ad six ten to seven it's like you have size spacing rim protection rebounding capability like it just makes the, the, it just makes the most sense to me from an offensive and defensive synergistic standpoint and then you can bring in Rui, you can bring in vando you know you can play them high minutes because those are your main go-to front court guys off the bench still play them high minutes you can bring in uh dennis he should be the sixth man you can bring in reeves reeves and dennis are a good tandem together and off the bench they would really overwhelm second units especially if you give them you know Rui, you give them vando you know as a as a as a screener as the rim runner for them and then backup three you know either between lonnie or troy both of them shoot lonnie Lonnie. I mean, I get it. Lonnie's not good at, but neither is Troy, but I would just go with whoever's shooting better. You know what I'm saying? Like at that point, but uh, you can just use those, you know, just to, to, as your potential 10th, you know, 10th guy. But I mean, you could make a nine man rotation, throw them in for just, you know, for uh, just to give guys a spell, but there's definitely, I think, I think they, their best potential is with Bamba starting. And I think it'll make AD the happy, I think it'll make Braun and AD happy knowing that they finally have three shooters around them and it'll give them that length and that type of defensive scheme that they were best with when they won the chip. Um, so I think that's where you have to go. Uh, I just, it's just starting. I get the logic for starting Dennis, but they're just killing. They, they just set a screen and it's over. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, at least with D'Lo, you set the screen on D'Lo. He has more length to recover to disrupt shots from from the from behind. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? So it's just it's it's just at that point you go length and you just go offense. So um I don't know if Ham is good enough though at this point to use it. And I don't even put it all on Ham. I know he has deficiencies, but also the staff as a whole. Like who is saying that, hey, this is what we have when we use this lineup. <laughs> The schemes we can do yeah. with these this rotation for this set part of the game with that part of the game. Who is on the staff that can say that? They don't they didn't hire a, a real staff. They gave a rookie coach with player developmental guys and they say, go make something happen with a difficult roster. Now you've uphold hold hauled the whole roster mid season and you're trying to make a playoff push with a coaching staff that's overwhelmed and, and not, you know, qualified to make that type of run. It's just very yeah, it's just very difficult. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't even get me started on that. That'd be a whole different tangent, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't hate that at all. Even you go Bamba, Bamba, Mo Bamba, I would still, I think Reeves, man, is just he, he's shown enough. I think the three, the three point, he's up to thirty seven percent from three on good volume. Not the shooter Beasley is obviously. But I just think defensively he gives you something. Starting, I, I, I think a D-low and Beasley backcourt is really rough defensively, even with Mo and AD behind there. So that's my only pushback. But other than that, I think the logic is how recreating the, the JaVale thing from 2020, even in short doses. So 
you know, I, I, I don't hate it at all. Um, Jordan, outsider, Milwaukee Bucks fan, what are your thoughts on the trade? And just, you know, does it, does it move the needle this year or is it more for next year? Kind of what, what you thought about all of that? I think it's, I mean, I think it's kind of for both. I think they, you know, they see LeBron playing at this high level and they're like, man, we're just literally letting this guy sit and waste here. But I do agree with what Kings is saying about Mo Bamba. And I do think the big reason why they went out and got Mo Bamba is because obviously Darvin Ham comes from Milwaukee. How does Milwaukee play? Giannis and Brooke. I think that they can utilize, obviously AD is not the playmaker or as agile as Giannis is at this point. But they can still utilize, you know, AD is a weak side defender protecting the rim because, I mean, let's face it, the last since he's come back from injury, he's been atrocious as a defensive anchor. I mean, watching that Blazers game was like, I was like, dude, why is he even on the floor? Like, he's not taking advantage of of his size on the offensive end. He's not dominating on the defensive. Blazers end. did not play a center. Nah, and they he didn't play center that game, and he didn't take advantage of it at all. So it's like. Will the Mo Bamba thing help? It very well can because it puts AD at where he likes to play, not necessarily where he's been the best, but it's where he wants to play, right? So we'll see how it goes. My thing with Mo Bamba is that, you know, Mo Bamba has always been this, uh, what we think he can be is what we really love about him. It's not really what he has been, right? Center Cam Reddish, center Cam Reddish. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, he is 85th percentile in catch and shoot threes this year, which is really good. But yeah, I mean, he leaves that. a lot to be desired. But you know, who knows? Maybe LeBron is that guy that can get the best out of him. Yeah, we will see. Um, LeBron is actually giving it a go. I think tomorrow is essentially the biggest game of the season. Pelicans at Lakers. I think the Lakers really can't afford to drop that game. Uh, they would fall. They can't to drop any games, Jason. Yeah, I mean, but it's going to the break going three games behind the 10th seed with 25 left to play. That is just extremely hard to come up to overcome. Uh, LeBron's foot is going to be lingering. So it's hard for me to give any judgment about what I've seen so far from the Lakers with that new group without LeBron there. He's the kind of the centerpiece of it all, how they are going to play off him. So it's going to matter most. So most. So I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Tomorrow should be a very interesting game. I watched the replay we had, or I watched the second half. We have a game at five thirty, so I missed the first half. <laughs> but looking forward to watching that. Um, you cheering for tomorrow? Oh, I should feel. I said same the same thing. Just give Bi thirty five and a Laker W. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Um, Mavericks early <laughs> returns. Mavericks, <laughs> Mavericks trade. Uh, a lot of people got bad because the tweet I put out there. I was like. Uh, it's going to be a lot of 135, 127, yep. but we will be entertained. And that's exactly <laughs> what it's been. It's been very entertaining, the games I've watched. Um, big deal. I read to Dallas, obviously. Uh, Spencer, Dorian Finney-Smith uh, to to Brooklyn, part of the, the whole Brooklyn remodel teardown. Just... On the Dallas side, what have you guys' initial thoughts on what you see so far? Man, I mean, great <laughs> offense, high-powered <laughs> offense, can score. Kyrie's a, a, a monster in the in the second half, specifically in the fourth quarter. But man, they can't guard anybody, man. <laughs> they cannot guard anybody, man. They lack size. 
and Luca cannot guard. It's, man, <laughs> it's just... But the firepower is potent. Um, you know, I mean, it's they can score whenever at will, so they're never out of a game. Um, and it, as long as you're in the game, you always have a chance, right? So they they they're dark horse, but you gotta get stops to go all the way, man. <laughs> they can't get any. Yeah, I think uh, Teflon Rig made a great, great point. It was like, when you traded Dorian Finney-Smith, you got a great talent in Kyrie, but Finney-Smith was the one stopper you had, the one perimeter stopper you had on the team. So now Luka or Kyrie has to guard consistently throughout a game. And I think that's been the rough spot for them. I think it really showed in the the Sacramento game that they lost when the Air Fox went into the fourth quarter with 10 points and at the end of OT he had 36. Mm-hmm. It was just, they he was just taking turns on either one of them who got switched up uh, onto him. It was just a very rough set fourth quarter in overtime. So I think that's definitely something they're going to have to address. I have questions about you guys. How long do you guys think this partnership Last from the back end, where Kyrie was only seeking an extension if he got traded to the Lakers. He goes to Mavericks, before it goes the extension talk, says he's going to table it. Is this a short-term thing? Because so. Cuban, Cuban will pay him out of desperation to keep Luka happy or give Luka another star at least. Or do you think Kyrie's bolting at the end of this? Or do you think that's dependent on how the season goes? But where do you see this partnership, you know, in the near and in, in, you know, distant future, Jordan. Well, I think if it, if the Lakers, obviously that's his destination he wants to go to. Right. And they're obviously going to have cap space now this summer. So I honestly think he's only here until they get eliminated in the first round. After they get eliminated in the first round, he's going to be like, yo, I'm over this. You know what I mean? But I mean, who knows, you know, cause they do have enough offense that they can make something happen. I just, I'm with Kings dude. like that defense is just so bad. They don't even have a rim protector to go on top of not being able to defend on the outside. Like it's yeah, just, I think, yeah. it I think that's the rough part. It's like, you got Kyrie and Luca, which is, you know, fine. But the, the back line is like Christian Wood, bro. And you know, that is just, it's just, it's just very rough. But go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, that's what I think. I just, <laughs> I feel like Kyrie's not going to stay. If he wants to be with the Lakers and the Lakers have the cap space this summer, I just don't see any way outside of like making a title run, like a Western Conference Finals. And I just don't see them doing that, um, especially with what's happened in the West. I think too, because um, Lakers can make the 35 million. Uh, and that's with, I think that's with Vando still being on the roster, if I'm not mistaken, because he has. Uh, team option, if I'm not mistaken. I don't oh, know if yeah, he has yeah, a- yeah, 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 yeah. Or not. So, um, think for them, if it really comes down to that and Kyrie forces that, I mean, I know Mark Cuban doesn't want to send him to Lakers, but in that situation, if Kyrie was willing to s- settle for less, it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, if you're going to do that, then we at least get something back. And that's when you can, you know, do the sign and trade for them to actually get see what type of the role players they could get from the Lakers in, in that situation that they would want to at least field a, a solid team. But 
Um, you know, but that, I mean, even that's difficult because then both teams get hard cap, you know what I'm saying? So even that's a tough spot to be in. So I think it's just really going to depend. I mean, I'm not going to look too far into that. There's so many difficult factors with that, that hard cap of the sign and trade, the, how many guys Lakers have to rescind. It's just, right. I think with how much money Kyrie has lost up until this point as well, um, from what I've been told and from what it, it seems like money is just really the main thing for him. So, I mean, him getting the most money won't be till the offseason anyway. So that's why the talks are shell, because why is he going to – he's not – he always said he's not signing the two-year, right? He's not signing a two-year extension, and that's the only thing that could be offered until the until the summer, regardless. So um, I think everything will be crossed once the summer comes. And I, I think he prefers the Lakers, but honestly, I think for him it's the money security. I think yeah, that's I, number one at this point. I just – I can't think of a – of a superstar ever who didn't lose a step on the court and still managed to take their value. Like, he's having an incredible year on the basketball court, flirting with 50, 40, 90 again with that shot profile, super efficient. But I can't think of a guy who take their value like that without losing a step on 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 the field of play. Like, it's just amazing that all he went for was, you know, Spencer, Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first-round pick, and two second-round picks in 2027. You know, it's like, man, guys like that, a talent like that, just crazy. Um, Man, so what's the ceiling for this Mavs team for you guys? Jordan said first round and out. King said dark horse. What do you think the ceiling is? Yeah, I mean, for me, second round. Second round, silly. Potential, potential Western Conference final. Oh, um, okay. It would be hard for them to get to a finals this year. But I think with Luke and Kyrie, it's enough to cost them a couple upsets potentially. But, um, I, yeah, that's – I got in Western Conference final at best again. So I just think, like, what matchup do they get that leads them to the Western Conference finals? Because, I mean – Jokic is just gonna destroy. It. <laughs> I mean, like Jokic but might have like ninety nine percent shooting. <laughs> well, I think teams are. Teams, I, I, I'm not like this has happened like a few times in NBA history. Teams are going to be. I'm not saying they're an easy out, but as far as the available options, teams are going to be. Uh, you know, trying to put themselves in position to get Sacramento first, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. That's why. That's why I think you know. Even I mean, because at the end of the day, like you don't want to go face Luca and Kyrie, you know, like those are two of the best players in the league. But you know, I just don't see a matchup that they can that's going to get them to the Western Conference Finals because if they have to face the the Clippers, if they have to face the Suns, if they have to face the uh, Grizzlies, if they have to face the uh, Nuggets, I just think all four of those teams are better than them in a seven game series. They're going to beat them like they would be a favorite. Oh, yeah. And a healthy Pelicans team would beat them too, but that's a you know that's a mythological. It's like seeing Bigfoot, baby. It's like seeing Bigfoot. Yeah, we don't get that Zion stuff next week, man. Just nasty, nasty business. Just I feel I feel bad for that dude, but man, this is this. (laughs) Let me get started. Um, Lastly, gotta mention Jordan Buck. Jordan's Bucks, hottest team in the NBA right now, eleven in a row. Um, adding Jay Crowder to the mix, B 
big addition could be the TJ PJ Tucker ad from two years ago that made a huge playoff difference. What do you how you feel about adding Jay Crowder, man? Yeah, I mean it's huge because uh like you said, like we were missing that lot. Well, last year we were missing Middleton, but we really need like that defensive guy that like his role is just to go out there, play defense, and sit in the corner and shoot wide open threes. And he can do that, you know what I mean? Like he's obviously he's not the same level defensively as PJ Tucker was in 2021, but he's still like a very formidable big defend wing defender that can switch and guard multiple positions. And that was what killed us against Boston last year because we had Grayson Allen out there trying to defend Jason Tatum, and that was just dis- <laughs> disgusting. Just like he can't play in that series, right? That was the big thing with getting a guy like Jay Crowder is because now it allows you in those kind of series that you don't have to play Grayson Allen. You know what I mean? So I think it's huge. Obviously at the end of the day, when 34 is on the court, you always have a chance. Um, Boston is definitely the team to beat in the East. And I think they've made this move to face Boston. I don't think the Bucks are worried about any other team in the Eastern conference, except for Boston. Yeah. I think it's a, a, a two man race until Cleveland uh, gets a wing. Uh, Case, how do you feel about the Bucks at Jay Crowder and, uh, in terms of what the what that means for them against Boston, if anything, I got got the Bucks out the East, baby. <laughs> oh, let's east. go! I'm out the East. Oh, I firm believer in that they will right the wrong of last season. <laughs> they will beat the Celtics this season. I'm a firm I, I hope Chris you got Hey, I'm a believer that Chris Middleton. We'll show you why he was nicknamed the Celtic Killer for a, <laughs> a certain amount of time in his career because he has his biggest games against the Celtics in the playoffs. That's part of some of his best playoff games. And, uh, hey, I'm rocking with it. I like the fact that they had Crowder. That's another big wing to throw at Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, exactly what they needed. Um, and another shooter and floor spacer, at least put that could at least hit a corner three. So, I mean, at this point, you got your you got your help. The Celtics obviously off tooled in, the, in their off season. You know, got their help. They've been the best team consistently throughout the whole season. You got you added another piece to your to your roster. You have you know Ingles off the bench to add more shooting and playmaking. I mean, obviously he's not as athletic, but I tell people the Bucks play slow and 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 play physical <laughs> playoffs. That's their play style. So I mean that that that's it. So yeah, the roster isn't athletic. The roster is oh, but they slow it down in the playoffs, and the playoffs is the best time to slow it down. Like the deficiencies of being old and slow don't show up as much in the playoffs as it do in the regular season. That's I think a lot of people don't forget, which is why vets really matter in the in the playoffs because you get to have a slower, more physical game. So if if the playoffs fit how the Bucks like to play. Numbers, defense, offensive rebounding, and you know hitting those hitting those threes off the driving kicks. So they're built for the playoffs. The Celtics are also built for the playoffs. Able to switch, length, uh, athletic, long, can shoot. Have a lot of people can put the ball on the floor. Uh, can score a variety of ways. You know, what I mean, even though they fall in love with jumpers, huh? They still don't have a point guard though. I mean, the, but they have a lot of guys who are multifaceted. I mean, I know they don't have a point guard in the half court. That I think, if if they do lose, I think that's what ends up doing them in. Um, but I think they have a lot of guys who can, you know, create just enough and have a good enough shot making to where they can potentially offset that potentially. But we'll see. 
You know what I mean? It did them in last year. Um, it could do them in again this year. Um, I think, we'll see. I also think they're such a high-variance team because 47 48% of their shot attempts are three-point shots. Yeah, they really bleed into the math side on that. They, well, they, y'all, y'all know how I look. Y'all know how I feel about that. That's why I'm picking the Milwaukee Bucks. Y'all know how I feel about I that type be of because the Bucks are for they're 44 percent of their shots. Hey, hey, they're 44 percent, but they have somebody who lives in the paint. That's true. This is true. Hey, we'll we'll, we'll see. I like. I hope you guys are right. I think Boston beats the Bucks this year when they I beat. Get it. I hope I hope you guys are right. I cannot stand the Celtics, so I pray, pray. I'm hoping you guys are correct. So we'll see. I, I, they have every right to believe they'll go back. They've been the best team all year. I can't I can't knock them down. I'm not picking them to build Milwaukee if they're both healthy. That's just me. Colin, you said you're not picking Milwaukee if they're both healthy. No, I said I'm not picking Boston to beat Milwaukee if both of them are healthy. That is just me. I agree. I'm with you. All right, you guys, make sure you follow Kings on Twitter, RIP Kings, bruh. Uh, Jordan as well, Jordan Rules TSP, myself, JJ Maples 55 underscore MST. Uh, won't be too long. We'll be back Sunday on a normal schedule after our list talking about All-Star Weekend, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we were expecting, second half of the season. And, uh, man, you guys be so. Jordan, any bets? I'm sorry. Bets, bets, bets before we get out of here. You got two best bets for tomorrow. We're going to a huge SEC matchup, Tennessee versus Alabama, number one ranked <laughs> Alabama in Tennessee. Yes, We're going Tennessee minus two and a half. Uh, Tennessee's coming off two last-minute losses on last shots, three-point shots. Uh, I like this spot, though. I think they're at, at home. I just think they're going to be fired up, all that orange, rocky top. Let's go Tennessee here, although I, I'm not a big fan of Rick Barnes, I will say. But we like Tennessee minus two and a half here. And then second bet, going with your Lakers, minus three at home. Big game. Must win. Um, I like it here. My numbers think, say it should be closer to six because the Pelicans 11-16-1 and one against the spread on the road this year. So they haven't been really great away from home. So Yeah, you got uh, just the thing with the Pelicans. You got the, the, like, the team changes because the guys don't play. Yeah, you so never that, that is what it's just like it's weird, but we'll see. Those are your bets. You guys cast those in. Uh, make sure you uh temple the hoop 10% of all earnings. You guys make sure you tap in with me to get that cash app. Uh, you guys be safe, and we are out of here. Bird.